0: It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. I'm Stacey Trisenkos, And I'm
1: Stacey Parkwason.
0: Today we're going to be talking about, dun-dun-dun, <laughs> about, <laughs> about attending non-Catholic weddings. Um, Non-Catholic, however you want to de- define that, whether it's it's people completely outside the church or which is more the issue for a lot of Catholics. If you have someone who's a baptized Catholic but is not practicing and has decides to have a wedding, and you're a practicing Catholic, do you go or not go? Yes, Catholics argue about that. I didn't, did not even know that was something Catholics argue about. We're going to talk about that more later after our Scripture reflection, though. Um, we always want to start our podcast with um, a reflection on the Scripture today so that we're thinking and reading and praying with the church.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: Because as we...
1: As we were talking the other day, I guess a couple days ago, that St. Ambrose and St. Augustine encourage us to read the Holy Scriptures, because when we do, God speaks to us. So um, let's start out with prayer, and then we'll get going. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. Lord, thank you for giving us a new day. We ask that you guide us through this day, and that you direct our steps. And once again, Lord... We ask that you open the eyes of our understanding, that we would comprehend the scriptures, and that you would give us fresh eyes to see you and ears to hear. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Okay. And as I do each day, I want to encourage you, be sure and read it for yourself. But today, what really jumped out at me was in the Responsorial Psalm, and not so much the psalm, but in what we repeat in the the response. So I'm going to read the whole thing, but then we're going to unpack it a little bit. Okay. So do not forget the works of the Lord. Hearken my people to my teaching, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter mysteries from of old. Do not forget the works of the Lord. While he slew them, they sought him and inquired after God again, remembering that God was their rock and the Most High God their Redeemer. Do not forget the works of the Lord. But they flattered him with their mouths and lied to him with their tongues, though their hearts were not steadfast toward him, nor were they faithful to his covenant. Do not forget the works of the Lord. But he, being merciful, forgave their sin and destroyed them not. Often he turned back his anger and let none of his wrath be roused. Do not forget the works of the Lord. So guess what part really jumped out at me? Do not forget the works of the Lord. Yes. Oh, my goodness. It did. And every time I read it, it got louder and louder. It was like the Lord was saying to me, "Stacy, don't forget what I've done for you yeah. and all the things we've walked through together and how I carried you and how I brought you out, how I provided for you, and protected you. And I mean, We don't have time in five podcasts for me to go through everything the Lord has done and all the ways that he has provided for me. I love to journal. I have boxes full of journals that I've written over the years. And, you know, some of them are half full, I guess, because sometimes I get sidetracked and I'm I'm consistent for a while and then I'll fall off. And then my next entry when I'm reading them is like several months down the road, but But journals are one of my favorite gifts. I love buying a new journal. I love having paper. I'm old school. Over the years, though, I have recorded so many prayers and so many answered prayers. And I can read through these journals and I can see how God answered those prayers, how he moved in my life and all his works in my life. It encourages me because when I remember these things, I feel like the Lord Loves me. I feel like he hears me. I feel mm-hmm. like he heard me when I cried out to him. I feel like he sees me. You know, um, he is Elroy, the God who sees, and I feel like he sees me and he hears me. And it builds my faith. And it builds my faith that I, I think he'll do it again. If if I can trust him, I can trust him now to take care of me because I see how he's taken care of me in the past. Mm-hmm. There is a uh, a brother team, and I don't know if you've heard of them or not. But I was reading a story about them. It's the Kendrick Brothers, and they've pr- produced several movies. I love all their movies. Um, the first one that they they did was Flywheel, and surprisingly, it it blew up, and they were not expect They were thrilled, of course, but not <laughs> expecting it. Um, but they had one of them worked for a church and the he, they got approval to do this movie, but they were told that we can't fund the movie. you have to pray and bring the funds in. Oh boy, they did. I mean, they were able to pay for everything. It was a low budget one. It was their first one. Um, the first full rendering of that movie was finished at 6 am the day hours before the premiere. I mean, it was oh just down to the last minute, the wire. The next movie they did, Facing the Giants. I don't know if you remember that one. I loved mm-hmm. it. Fireproof. It became a huge campaign. That one, yeah. Of struggling Marriages, How to Fireproof the yeah. Marriage. The War Room. Mm-hmm. That was about praying for marriages. Um, there was one called Courageous. There's been several. There's actually one coming out uh, next week, I believe. But. What I read about them was how they they journeyed through and (laughs) how they covered everything in prayer and how they took so many steps of faith. But what really inspired me was what I call their wall of remembrance. There was a hallway in their office where they actually hung prayer needs, prayer requests and answered prayers. There's pictures. And it's like when they were struggling with something, like they didn't know how they were going to. Overcome an obstacle. They would go down this hallway and they would say, Look, remember when we needed this and God came through? Remember how He came through there? Oh, and look, look at this picture here. Remember how we were praying about this situation? And here, remember how God solved that problem for us, how He brought us through? And by the time they finished walking down that hallway, they were so inspired and their faith was so built. They were like, Yes, God's going to come through for us today. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what, you know, when I was reading this, don't forget what I've done for you. I just felt like, you know, my I journal. That's my way of mm-hmm. remembering. It may be That's something neat. different for you. But I just truly felt like the Lord wanted to remind us not to forget what he's done. And maybe mm-hmm. even sit back and take some time to travel down memory lane with the Lord. Walk down that hallway with the Lord and ask him to bring to your remembrance what he's done for you. Take some time to thank him for all the times he's provided for you, delivered you. Mm-hmm. Remove those obstacles out of the way. You know, I'm I'm always amazed in the Old Testament. And um, when we read about the children of Israel and how God brought them out of Egypt, mm-hmm. I mean, they witnessed all those plagues. They mm-hmm. witnessed how God parted the Red Sea and how amazing that it must had have been. to be. I mean, oh, my gosh. Can yes. you imagine <laughs> a wall of water on yeah. each side of you? Yeah. And, and it says that they passed through on dry land. I mean, the wagon wheels didn't get bogged down in the I mud. Know. They passed through on dry land. Their shoes didn't wear out on that journey,
0: mm-hmm. that
1: long journey. God provided food and water in the desert. Time and time again, he provided for them. But time and time again, they complained and wanted to return to Egypt. It's like they mm-hmm. forgot all these mm-hmm. amazing things that he had done for them. So I just don't want to be like that. I don't yeah. want yet. I want to remember all that God has done so I can t- continue to build my faith and be encouraged and encourage other people too. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to face today. I don't know what the rest of the day holds for me. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but whatever challenges come my way, I know I'm not facing them alone. Right. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but I know, I know God is with me. And -hmm. I know he's faithful and I know he will be with you also.
0: That's why, that's why I love chemistry so much. (laughs) Because, (laughs) Because... because I know, but I'm serious and I tell people this. I'm like, adults, if you want to booster your faith, bolster your faith, come take my chemistry class <laughs> mm-hmm. because I know what's going on with the atoms. I know something about what's going on with the atoms. And just when I whenever I'm losing my faith a little bit and I think about the works of the Lord and and not so I do have like you some specific instances where he's answered my prayers, but even just what it takes to hold our bodies together in our life, for our heart to beat one more time, for us to take mm. one more breath. God is holding us in existence and we forget to thank God for how faithful he is that we see the sun come round every morning, that we see yeah. the leaves turn their colors in the fall. Well, not so much in Texas. And we see... <laughs> and we see these things in nature happening mm-hmm. according to the laws of nature that God ordained and mm-hmm. and they just keep happening you know like mm-hmm. like you the air is there for you to breathe and yeah. we don't even have to think about it our hearts mm-hmm. just beat and we don't have to think about it but god is god knows all of that and he he keeps it coming back every heartbeat i'm here yeah. i'm here yeah. i'm here Absolutely,
1: it's like we take things for granted, and we need to stop and because and they about, are granted. We, we, yeah, they are granted. They are granted. Praise God, they're granted. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Stacy, for um, reading that. And I love how you're. I love two things about what you were saying. I love all of it, but two things jumped out that we when we repeat the Psalms in the church, like if you're a Protestant and you come into the church, or you're a non-believer, like I was coming to the church it's kind of weird how they just keep repeating that line. Cause you're like, Oh, that's something I I can do. I can keep repeating that. I know, I know what I'm doing here, mm, yeah. um, but it is to sink it in, you know, mm. it's to sink in the point. Don't forget, don't forget. And it, it is yeah. beautiful. Um, And I, I also appreciate to, you know, getting into the topic for today that you're describing something that people who are not Catholics were doing. That was mm-hmm. so right. I mean, I, I we're going to talk about this issue with um, weddings. So, so a while back on my Facebook page, you can look at it, Stacey Trusankos. It's just my my personal profile. <clears throat> I posted something about, uh, you know, I, I had some friends who were concerned because they have kids, just to describe the situation very quickly, they have adult children who, um, like many of us, they're not, and Stacey and I have talked about this, are not practicing Catholics and they want to get married and so they were baptized catholic raised in the catholic faith but are deciding not to have a catholic marriage not a sacramental marriage marrying a non-catholic getting married out a catholic getting married outside the catholic church <clears throat> just because they've kind of decided they, they don't really care what the catholic church says and um the question for parents is do you attend that wedding or not and i have no idea that was even a discussion like Mm -hmm. I I just kind of assumed all along, like, well, that would be a hard decision. I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. Mm -hmm. And um, but then there's a group of very, um, very, very faithful, very conservative, very traditional Catholics. And I understand that they're very sincere in what they believe. Yeah. Who are saying that it is a dogmatic truth of the church that no parent is allowed to attend. A wedding of a child, even any wedding of a child who is a Catholic that's turned his or her back on the church and is getting married outside the church to someone else not allowed to attend. And that that's what came into controversy because. Several of us ask several priests, ask several canon lawyers, ask several other people um, who would know about this thing. The church has not ruled on that. The church has not said you are forbidden to go. Now, people will read the laws of the church about marriage and the sanctity of holy matrimony and say, given these things, you ought not go. And they apply that across the board dogmatically, but it's not dogma. It is Mm -hmm. not dogma. It is not a defined teaching of the church. What it is, is it falls into like so many things in these messy lives of ours. Mm -hmm. It falls into something we call prudential judgment. Prudential judgment means you have to practice prudence. And uh, we're not going to get into that right now, but that is an entire topic unto itself. Prudence doesn't mean anything you think goes. Prudence does not mean that. Prudence means you need to have an informed consent and you need to pray about your decision. Prayer is very important in practicing authentic prudence. You need to pray. You need to listen to what God is saying. And you need to make a decision based on the circumstances in your life at that time. This is not situational ethics. It is prudence. Because the church does I mean, it would be nice if the church gave us a checklist and we've talked about this, Stacey, and, and uh-huh. said these this is what you need to do to be a good Catholic. Cause I'd be like, throw it all down. I'm in. I'm gonna do right. everything on that checklist. But life isn't like that. And uh-huh. this is very much an area where you practice prudence. So I think you know that that's on we'll put the link to the Facebook debate that went on. But oh my gosh, so many people have written to me and called me and texted me saying this is damaging. The 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 dogmatism of these people is damaging because anybody looking and I had people who aren't Catholics, they read that thread and they're like, "Man, mm-hmm. I would never be Catholic." <laughs> oh my goodness.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I can tell you when I came into the Catholic church, I'm already guarded, right? I mean, right. I've I'm already I have what I believe to be the truth. I mean, I'm I don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And when I first went to, um, I went through, started an RCI program, but I left there because I, it was, I felt kind of judged. I felt kind of, um, I don't know, looked down on and, and I was like, I I don't want to do this. I, I walked away from that. Now that is when I ended up being what I called in limbo because I had, I knew too much to go you know, to go backwards, but I didn't want to move forward. I didn't want to, I was like, no. And it wasn't until I ended up in a, another RCIA class mm-hmm. with my, um, and I, and I went to that one even more guarded. Like, you know, I was, I was wanting to protect myself. I was defensive when I went yeah. there. And it was our breakout leader was, so amazing it didn't matter what question I asked it didn't matter how much I argued with him or how much proof I demanded he would just smile and speak the truth in love Mm -hmm. and yeah he straightened me out on a lot of issues but the way he did it I never felt uh I never felt discouraged I never felt uh he he never talked to me in a condescending tone he never talked down to me He, it was just, he allowed me to process. He created a safe environment that allowed me to express my concerns and frustrations. And he allowed me to process. And Mm -hmm. he just showed me so much grace that I felt welcomed and I felt loved and I felt supported. And I don't know that if I, I don't know that I would have come into the church had I felt um you know, I mean, sometimes there's in both Protestant and Catholic, there's people in the church that keep people out of the church. I mean, that's just yeah. the way it is. But, um, and and I think, you know, I, I think about, Stacey, I think about that story in the Bible, the woman that was caught in adultery. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it says in there that, um, you know, they brought her to Jesus and they told her that she had been caught in the very act. So, mm-hmm. I mean, she was obviously guilty. She had been caught in the very act of committing adultery. And the law said she needed to be stoned. Yeah. It says the law. And now in the law, Moses command commanded us to stone such a woman. What do you say? They said to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he bends down. He starts writing with his finger on the ground. Can you imagine that? Oh, I I wonder what he was writing. He straightens up and he says to them, let anyone among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And then he starts writing in the ground again with his finger. And I've always wondered what he was writing. I always wondered if maybe he was writing down their sins, Yeah, you know, but he goes on to say he, he, they leave, they, they leave one by one. And Jesus stands up and he says, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she says, no, sir. And she, Jesus says to her, neither do I condemn you. Mm-hmm. Go your way. And from now on, do not sin again. He didn't mm-hmm. condemn her. And I just feel like this is such a beautiful story of the goodness of God, the love of God, the kindness of God that leads men to repentance. Yeah. You know, I wonder if they thought he condoned adultery because he didn't agree with them to have her stoned. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might have looked like that to some of them. I'm yeah. just so thankful. I'm, I'm thankful that, and I'm, I'm looking at, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking back over my past, right? I mean, yeah. I've got, We've I've got all. Images going through my mind right mm-hmm. now of things that I've done yeah. and I am so thankful that God is not bound by law, but mm-hmm. moved by love.
0: Not bound by law, but moved by love. And I think that's what was missing. And several people said this to me, people who were afraid to say anything in the Facebook um, fiasco that said it privately, like there's, there's not love there. Like there's, there's, these people are, are condemning, you know, because a lot of them were saying, this is a mortal sin. If you parents go to the wedding of your child, who's having, who's a baptized Catholic, but who is marrying outside the church. If you go to that wedding, you're giving testimony that you approve of turning your back on God, which is not true. That's not why parents go. That's not even what's in their mind, Mm -mm. but they're saying if you do that, so it's flawed logic. If you go, I know what's in your heart. You're going because you really think it's okay to turn your back on God. Um, n- nothing to do with mm-hmm. love of your children. Mm-hmm. You're just turning your back on God and turning your back on God. So that's how the logic goes. It's invalid logic um, that that um, by doing that, you're turning your back on God. You're telling your kids it's okay to turn your back on God. You're telling everybody who's there it's okay to turn your back on God. And that mm-hmm. is a mortal sin. That is actually a mortal sin, but that's not what the that's parents not what are doing. And they tell these parents, you're in mortal sin. So not, and this was this is a real story. Not only are the parents already aggrieved because they're happy their child, you know, found found love and is working towards building a family. They're they want to go and support and keep the relationship and the love and the guidance going beyond the wedding day, but they're already like conflicted. And then they hear another dogmatic Catholic, a, a Catholic who makes up their own dogma at you know on their own they hear another catholic say oh you're in mortal sin you you need to confess that if you die you're if you're in mortal sin and you die you go to hell so they're basically um, telling them you're going to hell yeah that is so if you're a if you're a convert because i have been in that exact situation like i'm trying like everything i'm building my relationship with god and with mary and some overly dogmatic catholic comes along and scolds me for something that i didn't even know was wrong and you know forget love forget mercy uh-huh. forget uh-huh. the journey of faith forget uh-huh. Oh, forget the works of the Lord. (laughs) Uh Yeah. Forget the works of the Lord that he's merciful and just and forgives sin and and turns his, you know, doesn't turn his anger into wrath. Forget all that. You, that it's like they want to control you, it's like they're manipulating you. And, uh, that was hard for me. And I actually thought for a while to be a good Catholic, I had to be that same way. And I was that same way to my children. And while I'm not blaming anyone, I take full responsibility for all my choices. When I thought to be a good Catholic meant to be like that, I did harm to my own family. And so one reason I really speak up about it is because I don't want other people to think that you got to act that way to be a good Catholic. You don't. No, no. And and,
1: and so that's what I was saying a minute ago when, when Jesus didn't condemn her. He didn't agree with them that she needed to be Stoned. stoned. Mm-hmm. Did they did that mean he was condoning her act no. of adultery that she was caught in? No, he was he was showing grace. He was showing love mm-hmm. and loving her and showing her that grace was more important to him than. The letter of the law, mm-hmm. and you know, it, God doesn't wait for us to get good enough for Him. It says in Romans five that God proves His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ mm-hmm. died for us. Not, not you know, He 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 knows we can't be perfect. That's why we need Him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He loves us right exactly. where we are. There is no sin bigger than His sacrifice. Yeah. and you don't have to be perfect no. to earn
0: God's love.
1: It, we can't. I mean, we, we and that's the, that's the thing. We don't have to earn God's love. God is love. Mm-hmm. He just loves. There's nothing I can do today. There's nothing I can do today to make God love me more. There's nothing I can do today to make God love me less. Mm-hmm. God loves
0: me. He loved but, me enough to give His Son for me. Right. And like the Psalms you were reading, we don't need to flatter Him with our mouths. Um, we just need to hold our hearts steadfast towards Him. We need to keep Trying and that. And I, you know, I posted on Facebook about mine and my husband's invalid marriage, you know, because my husband was a baptized Catholic, but he was marrying filthy old me. You know, I wasn't even like a different denomination. I was not 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 that Catholicism is not a denomination, but in Protestantism, there are mm-hmm. denominations. Right. I wasn't even Protestant. I was nothing. And and my husband married me and, and my our in-laws were my his parents were at that wedding. But that, what I didn't what I don't take away from it 20 years later, that's how long we've been married, is that they were witnesses to my sin. No, they loved me in my sin. They were like Christ to me mm-hmm. because they came there and they laughed and they celebrated us. They celebrated the fact that we were trying to build something good and they believed in us. And that had a big role to play in my conversion. Three years later, when I was received into the church, they were there because on the very same day, we celebrated the sacrament of matrimony because I said, I want to do this as that is priority number one. Mm -hmm. We're going to celebrate. I understand now. But I would have never come to understand if they had just said, we cannot be at your wedding because our son is marrying you, Mm -hmm. filthy woman. They Mm -hmm. would have condemned me and walked away. And I would have probably I don't know what I would have done, but knowing how I was then, like I wasn't super arrogant back then. I was really seeking the truth. I just didn't know. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. And they just their simple. I I wrote this in Facebook. One of the things that spoke the loudest to me, Stacey, it's so sweet. They have now been married 62 years and they're in their 90s they always are holding hands. Whenever you see them, if they're sitting on the couch together, they're holding hands. No, <laughs> oh, yeah. And, that's the testimony just, in and of itself. It to become one. The sacrament. You know, there is a grace there that's palpable. And they're, they're always like that to each other. They are always so respectful to each other. They come mm-hmm. first for each other. And I just remember telling Jose, I want that. I want mm-hmm. that.
1: Yeah. And you know what, Stacey, when, when you were saying that, that if they had condemned you initially, it it would have been hard for, your, for you to receive the things that they said later on. You know, mm-hmm. people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Yeah. So they showed you love, grace, mercy. They loved you. And so later when they were able to pour into you, you were more receptive of that and you listened mm-hmm. and you received because you knew they were speaking from that place of love. Yep. And we've said, I mean, I all, trust through our, you. all through that season one, we, we said multiple times, rules without relationship result in rebellion.
0: Yeah. Write it down, memorize it. <laughs> we want the, you know, there's and that's, no that's stick to It's, <laughs> it, it's, it's true. I mean, Stacy, when you said that to me the first time during our season one I kept thinking back on my life. That's exactly why trying to adopt this super strict, traditional, overly dogmatic. When I say overly dogmatic, I I mean, we absolutely need to conform our will to the will of God and mind the dogmas of the church. But when people make up dogmas that the church hasn't even declared and say, you're going to hell if you don't do it, what those people are really doing is playing God. Mm -hmm. And I used to think, and what they're doing is not practicing prudence. They're trying to do everybody else's thinking for them. They're mm-hmm. trying, they're trying to tell you what's prudent, which the very virtue of prudence means you don't do that. You respect the human dignity and the path that other humans are on. But when I adopted that practice, like th- the, this is my checklist of what the church teaches. And I know, cause I looked it up and right here on this blog post, this one Catholic said this, and therefore this is what you have to do. When I acted like that as a mother raising my kids, cause I was trying to teach my kids the faith. Right, but That attitude did harm because I had rules mm-hmm. and I sacrificed some relationship along the way. Even when my daughter, um, Abigail, who's who's now pregnant, we've been praying for her and her baby, Emmaus. Mm-hmm. When Abigail um told, you know, when she didn't want to go to the Catholic Church anymore, she's like, I don't want to go because I know what they think is wrong. I'm clear on that. I got all the rules. I got it. I just don't know what they love. And that broke my mm-hmm. heart. And, you know, uh, it's it's a path and a journey to to show her that now to make up for that. But that kind of thinking is so damaging. Now, it may work for some people in their families. It may work. It mm-hmm. just rules without relationship does not work in my family.
1: Right. Right. And it, it doesn't it won't it doesn't work in in mine either. But but you know what you said, it's, it may work for some because Everyone's different, right? And that goes back to exactly what you said in the very beginning. Every situation's different. Every family dynamic is different. We don't know why they're choosing uh, to get married outside the church or to not be Catholic. We don't know the hurts, the wounds Mm -hmm. that they have. We don't know God's uh, plan. We see in this moment. We don't see the end from the beginning like God does. We don't see the future. So all we can do in this moment is to love like he tells us to. Yes. And we have to use, like like you said, judgment. We have to look at everything we do know. And we know the heart of our children. I mean, mm-hmm. if we're talking about parents not going to their children's wedding or a family member's wedding or friends, mm-hmm. we, we have to, you know, look at the whole picture, the picture that we know. And it's mm-hmm. easy for somebody who is outside of our little bubble, outside of our uh, intimate circle here mm-hmm. to pass judgment, because all they're doing is looking at rules, you know, the little boxes they're checking Mm -hmm, off, but mm -hmm. they don't know. It's it's like, it's, I know I always go back to scripture, but it's like when God wanted to anoint David as king and he sent, you know, Samuel to anoint David as, as king and Samuel was going to anoint the wrong person. He was going to anoint the guy that looked like he would be the best candidate. And God told him you look at the outward appearance. I look at the heart. Yeah. I look at the heart. And I don't, I mean, as as much as, as, as well as I know you, Stacey, as well as I know my husband, as well as I think I know my kids, there are things in their hearts mm-hmm. that I don't know. There are things in their heart that only God knows. Mm-hmm. And I pray for them. I pray and pray and pray. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I have to trust the Lord because he sees their heart and he knows exactly what they need and he knows exactly when they're going to get it. and I am going to do my part
0: mm-hmm. and that is to love them. and you do it so well. Huh. And so I, I think it it's good to end on the same note we started with um, scripture, living scripture always speaking to us. If you're struggling with these things, do as the Psalms today repeatedly told us to do. Do not forget the works of the Lord. Look over your own lives and be thankful for all that God has done and keep your heart steadfast toward Him. Amen. I'm Stacy Trasenkos. And I'm Stacy Barquisin. Until next time.
1: If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see Stacy and Stacy.site for more information.